0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pound Threes Gaming Podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, I have a really special guest this week, um, first and foremost, because the microphone I'm speaking through right now was a gift from him, um, which I honestly was a huge surprise and something I'm super thankful for. Um, I know a few things about, you know, his kind of gaming tendencies, just because we lived together, um, lived in the same fraternity house for a little while, too. So I know a couple things, but I'm really excited to kind of get through this podcast episode with him because I have a lot to discover um, and I have a lot of questions and kind of just want to feel that whole thing out. So um, I'm super stoked to have this guy on. So without further ado, I'll let him introduce himself.
1: Hey guys, uh, my name is Matt Hollenbeck. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Thomas. Um, really stoked that you're doing this and I'm happy that I was able to help with the with the mic. Um, you know i'm a big fan of anyone like pursuing anything creative in that space and so i was really stoked when i saw that you started your own podcast and um you know it's always been like i never thought you were a big gamer um until a couple years into or i guess the first year into college but i we have some good stories about (laughs) uh, a few games that we're going to get into um but yeah i just wanted to thank uh you for having me um and yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, the, the first thing I want to say is, um, you know, I really do think it takes people like you and people like, um, uh, you know, just people around us that do this exactly jump into the podcast scene. You've been doing YouTube videos forever. Check out Matt case um, on YouTube, please check his stuff out because it's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Um, But you know, it it takes people doing that stuff and uh, it's, especially for someone I feel like on YouTube, it's much different because you see the views are right there beneath the video. And it's just something that you're always thinking about. Whereas like the listens, like this is so much for me about being an outlet about something that I think about all the time and don't have a space to discuss it or, or let it all out. Um, So it's very lethargic for me. Um, But with you, I mean, you know what you were doing and just grinding out there to put out these videos to to make comedy make something funny make something enjoyable for people that's that's a grind um and it's inspiring like without a doubt um and it's definitely something that you know i like consider the whole youtube thing but more just the content creation and more just like the do something that you just want to do that you completely have control over and it's just kind of this loose wet slimy you know something you're trying to grab onto and you know what I mean? So um, it definitely takes people like you to to get out there and do it. And it's inspiring. So I definitely wanted to get that across.
1: Well, I want to also acknowledge that there is this kind of uh, elephant in the room when it comes to creative outlets in like a typical, um, I don't know, how would you say like college uh, workforce aspiring person, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like, a lot of the stigma is or the expectation is like you to high school you get into a good college for some you know functional degree and then you just do that for the rest of your life and i think that um it's it's important for people to explore outlets where they feel like they might be judged or they might be um you know not taken seriously or something like that and i think uh more people need to understand that it's really it's really a good feeling to be able to just kind of like let yourself out there and mm. uh, put your face out there um, instead of kind of hiding behind the the uh, you know the status machine. quo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I really respect what you're doing. And uh, yeah, check out my YouTube videos if you guys get a chance. There's some weird ones on there, but I think <laughs> you guys will you guys will get a kick out of it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's, I mean, let's dive into it. So um I'm super interested to ask you this question because I can't wait to hear kind of where this goes. But um it looks like you have an Xbox behind you. Um I'd like to know like what, you know, what has brought us to that stage right there where you're playing Xbox um and that's that's what you do. And and something you mentioned a little bit before this was that um, you know, there's somewhat of a infrequency to your gaming, um, which I'm super interested to hear about because Um, you know, for me, it's, it's very consistent. um, But that's, that's just me. So I I can't wait to hear your story. But where did this all start for you? Um, You know, what systems? Where was it at? Was it with friends? Was it a personal thing? Um, What is the Matt Hollenbeck story of gaming?
1: Well, first, Thomas, I want to not to divert from your question, but I wanted to acknowledge um, a couple things that I heard on your podcast. Okay, let's get this
0: out of the way. Yeah, let's get this out of the way.
1: And it has to do with my uh, inconsistency just to prove that no matter what system I'm on or no matter when I'm playing video games that I play it at an elite competitive level. Okay. Uh, I want to first address um, Spencer Shobe who was on your podcast, one of the mm-hmm. earlier ones um, talking about his, his level of super smash bros. <laughs> um, and he is a good player. I'll say that. Yeah. But, He was listing names like Nick Jusky, people that he could, you know, could compete with him. Mm -hmm. But I want to acknowledge that I have beaten him on several occasions. Um, (laughs) He has a couple broken, broken in quotes, controllers. um, Oh, right, right. That he likes to bring up whenever he might lose or, I mean, just for example, I mean, I don't know if we can get him on the, on the, on the phone or something, but I beat him twice last weekend uh, without any, you know. Yeah. I didn't have to say anything. I'm not like, I'm not like a, a you know, pompous gamer, um, mm-hmm. but I'll beat him. He won't say anything. He'll blame it on the controller. So I just want your, your fans to know that right um, before they count me out of anything. And then when it comes yeah. to Wally and his, you know, FIFA bravado, <laughs> that he just spews blasphemy. Yeah. Doesn't mention me one time in the league. The disrespect. People, the absolute disrespect. And he yeah. knows it too, because we spent countless hours playing together, playing against each other. Mm-hmm. I was a formidable opponent. I beat yeah. him as well on multiple occasions, him and Jack Morton. so uh just feeling a little bit disrespected um, yeah on the on the platform here, but uh i'm I'm happy to
0: well, you've uh, made it known
1: well, I'm excited to bring my own case for the games that I play, so yep. yeah yeah. But to answer your question, yes. Yeah. Um, it started out for me. My parents were pretty were pretty strict when it comes to my exposure early on. Yeah. Um started out with, I don't think I ever had a Game Boy Color, but mm. it was the advance, Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Was my first, I guess you'd say system handheld. Mm. Um, but I would play like Pokemon, red, blue. Um I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh on, nice. on the Game Boy. Yeah, yep. I love that stuff.
0: Um, I had that was so Pokemon. You know, obviously is the the biggest trading card. You know, I would say of our time. I mean, there's Magic, which is a whole different uh, segment. But um, Yu-Gi-Oh was totally my thing. That I had all the cards. I had the Blue Dragon. I had the Red Dragon. I like that was totally my thing. Um, I remember playing literally on the picnic tables at elementary school with trading cards, um, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I watched the TV show. Um, yeah, that that was my thing. I don't know why I didn't get onto the Pokemon thing, but Yu-Gi-Oh was where I went.
1: Yeah, I was I was in both of them. I do remember that same thing with the uh, with the cards. People would bring them to school, and yeah. um, some people actually had like the the wrist thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: With the, with the cards laid out fully like
0: functional like you would actually yeah. swipe out like the like the t- the tv show yeah
1: yeah and a couple kids had like the the map i guess not a map but like yeah the plain mat i guess and they'd like fold it out and you'd play with yeah. them um yeah and then i i remember like my mom would bring me to target on fridays and she'd let me buy like a five dollar ten dollar pack and that was like just opening that pack was like heaven on earth you're like you know what can yeah. i get here
0: I just remember looking at the wall of cards and just being like, I've got to get blah, blah, blah card. And I'm just going to, I'm going to try this deck or like, I'm going to try this. Cause it was the little paper wrap, not paper, but plastic wrapped, And it's like six cards or there's the decks and the decks Mm -hmm. were just way too expensive, quote unquote. So it's like, can't get the deck. So I'm just going to go for it on these little, these Mm -hmm. little packs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was big into that um, starting out and then a big, this is, interesting to think about but a big reason I spent a lot of time at other people's houses when I was growing up was because of their systems their gaming systems um I never really had friends over because one of the the main factors like at that age was playing video games and I had Mm. no system um at the time so I had a couple core friends that had uh mainly like ps2 um and then I had one friend that had an actual physical Xbox, which was like the holy grail to me. Yeah. Because I'd only seen Halo on like, not even, like, I, don't, I don't even think YouTube was around back then, but like mm-hmm. just heard about the Xbox in some like far yeah. off land. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd never seen any Halo gameplay. I just heard people talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I went over there and watched it and it was just like a whole new realm of gaming for me. Yeah, um, So my personal exposure was limited to Game Boy initially, and then mm. I was lucky enough. I have actually a really interesting story about a GameCube. Okay. Um, and this might be like tainted by my memory, but okay. I think it was probably like my 11th or 12th birthday, or for Christmas, um, mm-hmm. I was like 11 or 12, and I wrote a letter to. Uh-huh. I still I still believe in Santa. Yeah. And I wrote it, and I asked for him to put a GameCube on top of my bunk bed. For christmas morning and i didn't tell anyone didn't tell my parents my sister and i burned the letter in the fire <laughs> i didn't tell anybody and i woke up on christmas morning with a gamecube on top of my bunk bed and all the other presents were under the christmas tree
0: completely magic
1: yeah i guess <laughs> i don't yeah. know what happened
0: yeah but <laughs> wow
1: yeah but gamecube was my first console physical console um mm-hmm. And that I felt isolated, honestly, because yeah. I didn't know anyone else that had a GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, there's really no like violent games on GameCube. Um, yeah,
0: Nintendo just doesn't yeah. really, I mean, there might be Resident Evil on like GameCube. I mean, now I think they've, they've made plenty of games for um, that. I mean, The Witcher 3 is on Nintendo Switch now, so they're definitely getting into that. But Nintendo developers, th- that's just not their um they're not I wouldn't say expertise but that's just not what they're selling or what they're making
1: yeah and especially back then it seemed like uh GameCube was more based in the realm of like fantasy and um like character games like uh yeah less based in you know like reality like
0: yeah it's not military shooters it's not you know it's not alien shooters it's like metroid or anything you know super mario any smash bros obviously is one of the holy grails on uh, the gamecube i played a game called i think it was called infamous joe or notorious joe or something like that and it was this really uh it was a side scroller it was super fun and it was an art style that was like i don't even know how to describe very cartoony but like 2d comic book cartoony Mm. um and it was there were like these boss fights. I don't think I ever beat it because I just never fully understood the, the gameplay control system. But um, my buddy Tanner Siftestad and I played that um, all the time, but it just wasn't, I, I, I never finished it. I don't know why, but that always stuck out in my head. It's just something that was just very unique. I never heard anybody else ever play that game, um, but it's something that I always connect to the GameCube because I had one too. Um, and yeah, I remember that on GameCube, obviously Smash, ob- obviously Mario Kart. Um, but I definitely knew it was unique. And so I understand the fact that you felt a little isolated because everyone was playing PlayStation or everyone was playing Xbox. Like the the person that had the GameCube was kind of the dark horse. And if they didn't have Smash, then it was like, Okay, you're just playing the GameCube. <laughs> like Yeah. You know what well, I mean?
1: Well I will say I, I was big into uh, Mario Party. That cool. was if people did come over, we played Mario Party and yeah. uh as you know, like that game takes hours, which is like yeah. pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one of the, the main games that brought people over to my house. Um, but yeah, Smash was big for me. Um, I didn't love playing against the computer, mm-hmm. um, especially if I was playing by myself. So I would play like the storyline with the, uh, yeah. the big hand at the end.
0: Yeah, um, yes.
1: I play that on like different difficulties and just see how fast I could do it, like the speed yeah. run. Um, so that was big for me, and then another big part of my gaming early on was uh, sports games. Um, yeah, as you know, I love basketball, so I played like uh, I think Wally talked about this. Like NBA Live was what came before mm-hmm. 2K.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So NBA Live was huge. Like NBA Live 04. Um, I played like NCAA football 2005. Yeah. Uh, baseball. I played like. I think it's called like MVP or something like that. Yeah. MLB MVP. Um, I just played all these sports games that like, I wasn't even interested in the sport itself. Like I played Mm -hmm. hockey.
0: Um, Hockey is an all time gaming game, a video gaming game. Like, especially if you're playing NFL hits or excuse me, NHL hits, like just (laughs) as violent as it can get without blood, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. literally um yeah no those those all all hit for sure and, and jack talks a lot about mvp baseball campbell that was one of his all-time favorite sports games ever yeah. um i played uh the show and i had a psp too, the portable playstation Me too, yeah. I would play i would play um mlb the show on that um and that was always kind of interesting because like you said i i didn't play baseball i played it as a kid very briefly and then that was kind of it so i always felt a little disconnected to baseball games um, but they were still fun. I still hit home runs and like yeah. stole bases. And, you know, it had all of that um, connected to it, but um, I could tell that it didn't hit as like, it didn't hit the same as Jack talking about baseball or Campbell talking about baseball, people that are just love the sport, played the sport um, you know, all of that. So yeah, I definitely hit those games. And then um, M- or uh, uh, the NBA, I played NBA live like 05, 06. And I remember Kyle Corver was a cheat code on three pointers. Um, and just, yeah, that, that whole era of video of sports games from like Oh four to Oh eight Oh nine. Um, maybe that was just where we were at as kids because we were playing sports. We were starting to get to that competitive level. You were starting to go off to the select teams, the competitive teams. Um, but that, that era just seems to stand out a lot in people's minds.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was always, I was more of a campaign guy when it came to sports games. Like, I mm-hmm. love the aspect of creating a team, um, doing like a, a season, because it kind of puts you in the mindset of like actually being on the team. Yeah. So I do like uh, manager mode or camp or uh, career mode or something. I love that stuff. Um, yeah. If I'm not going to play online, which back then, of course, mm-hmm. couldn't do. Um, but I also played a lot of NBA street, which is mm-hmm. the equivalent of like NFL street. So just like sports on steroids basically um which was super fun and then i played stuff like tony hawk and uh yeah kelly slater pro surfer which is an underrated game
0: um yeah i've never played that
1: it's super fun i mean it's just like it's like i i like to surf a lot so yeah um it just takes you to different spots around the world and you just kind of rip on the waves it's it's like a pointless game i guess like there's no campaign really but it's Mm. just fun to like it's a brainless
0: just You know, play
1: all day sort of game
0: how's the mechanics for that is it kind of like hit is it like mash buttons to kind of get up and feel yourself balance on the board or like is it it was actually
1: i haven't been able to find a game as good as that one when it comes to surfing because that's a really it's a really hard uh sport to like emulate absolutely uh, because it's not like it's not you know consistent in any way but Mm -hmm. I i found it really fluid um And then you'll, you'll see a lot of them where like the, the moves and tricks are like unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but this one was like super real. It felt like you were flown on the wave and Mm. then you'd press like B to do a turn at the top of the wave.
0: Mm. You press
1: like X to get in the barrel and like, then you had to stabilize it with the joystick while Uh you're in the barrel. So it was just super fun. Um, and just one of those games where like, you know, it's, you're competing against yourself. It's, it's not like you're competing against anyone else. Um, Mm. But yeah, that was my first uh, exposure to gaming was GameCube, and then mm-hmm. of course going to other people's houses and playing violent games, uh, <laughs> yeah, in the basement while their parents were doing something else. So
0: yeah, so I want to dive in a little bit more to um, the career mode, and we can talk about it more because that that is probably what I watched you play the most um, when we were living together. If it wasn't Battlefront um, or you know any of the other multiplayer games that we would. <laughs> Um, we would play but um, yeah so tell me a little bit more about that like you know because we talked about this on Jack's episode where um, you know we touched a little bit on the accessibility and like you know if you were handicapped like that would be such an amazing experience to play a game and feel like you're going in a career because truly you're physically you can't do that Um, but for you know people that love sports play sports you've you've played sports competitively um, you know not to that level, because that just takes an entirely different mindset and and commitment to, I'm not going to get into that, but what's there for you? Like what's there for the career mode, especially as a kid, like what, what did that feel like compared to now when um, I feel like we're so much more developed and intelligent to kind of like make decisions on the career mode and and do different things? Like how, how did that um, work?
1: Well, I think it really did grow with us. Um, Initially it started out like you just pick a team in general
0: and, and then, then play the of, season as the team exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. And, um, I always got turned off by like the, you, you were able to choose how many games you wanted in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be like 1648 or like, and then a regular NBA season, I'm speaking directly about basketball, but, mm-hmm. um, was like is 82 games. And so <laughs> if you want to make that commitment, like you can actually do it and play it for like, I don't know months yeah however long you want to sit down and play every day but um yeah like you said for me especially as a young kid it was just like putting yourself in that position like I change uh my number my favorite number is 11 I change the name on my jersey Mm -hmm. uh I would change uh the like where I was from what college I went to like trying Mm -hmm. to actually physically go to that college yeah I put like Kentucky or Kansas or something yeah um and then, of course, you can change uh, how they look and stuff, and customization, mm-hmm. which now is insane. Like, yeah, on two K twenty one, they have full facial recognition. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I did it uh, a couple months ago because I have two K twenty one, mm-hmm. and they you use your phone, you go on the NBA app, and you take a wow. you take like several photos, and it like scans your face, mm-hmm. and then it puts you in the game, um, and it's really oh, accurate. My God, yeah. I'll send you a picture of my guy. It's, okay. uh, it's pretty, it's like pretty darn accurate, um, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. But yeah, like just, just like you said, just getting in that, um, being able to get a taste of that, like, I don't know, that lifestyle, even though it's yeah. like so fancy, like it's such a yeah. fantasy. Um, it's just cool to like immerse yourself in what uh for me especially as a basketball player could have been
0: (laughs) yeah no absolutely and it's so like like you said it's so directly relatable I don't know if relatable is the right word but you know you you pick your number you pick your jersey you pick your and that like you can almost feel that in your fingers like you can almost feel the jersey you can like make yourself feel like yeah I went to Kansas for four years we won two championships (laughs) like you know what I mean like it's so um maybe feasible is the word I'm, I'm struggling on getting the right word but you know what i'm talking about it's there like it's yeah. it's so i guess relatable is the word i'm going to stick on but um as opposed to like creating your uh archer in some you know rpg game which trust me i can get there i can imagine myself there but it's 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 different in the sports game because that's especially for kids that play so much sports that's that's almost an option like if you're playing at a very young age it's like okay, you you can grind and do this and you can look on TV and watch people's stories and go, they were just playing in podunk, whatever, and decided to just go for it. And there they are in the NBA. Um, So there's something there about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And now they're even doing, I think the last like three or four years of, of NBA 2K, they do like high school and college. So you actually play in the high school. Oh, no
0: kidding. Wow. Yeah.
1: So especially in 2K21, like the, the campaign after you create your character starts in high school. Um,
0: wow. Can you get picked up from high school and skip college?
1: Yeah, you can skip college. Um, it gives you the option. And then it, like you get all, like offers and scholarships and you get mm-hmm. to choose which one you want to go to. So wow. they, they've they just completely transformed it into like this immersive, uh, realistic game, which is just so awesome. Um, yeah.
0: I was going to ask, like, do you, do you enjoy that? Or was there something... Um, cause I've talked a little bit about this with Chris, but there's something nice about it. Just being the video game, not so immersive to the point of like every decision feels like my, you know, every decision feels like real life. Like, is there something that kind of pulls you out from that? Or are you kind of all in, which sometimes in games I'm all in, like I want to make every little decision and I want to really f- like feel out the character and make it mine. So mm-hmm. I-, I could be both.
1: Uh, I think it comes down to like, uh, I think I stop at like the, uh, the customization of the character anything beyond that is kind of uh maybe when i was younger i would definitely go all Mm -hmm. in but um i think with this year's 2k i really just made the my character um and then i will make decisions based on like what like if it gives me like what i can say like four choices Mm -hmm. or something i'll make the decision that i like i want to see the outcome Mm -hmm. um or you know how like there's that that person that will they'll make like the uh the the bad decision or like the mean decision just yeah to see what happens like i don't do that yeah um i actually want to be like a good guy <laughs> i know i know um but yeah like 2k gives you that option to be like really pompous and like a mean player uh-huh. um but it does affect your game like if you make the wrong choice hmm. it'll bring like your crowd points down gotcha. um, if you're like a good uh person like a community player they'll give you mm-hmm. more points so they gotcha. reward you for good behavior which is kind of cool yeah. um but yeah i mean i i get pretty involved um mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's like i am am the the character like i yeah i definitely remove myself from that and just play but um mm-hmm. and then i will i will say i was really upset uh i was playing like this past couple of months like getting my character really really good mm-hmm. ranking up and then i checked the difficulty and I was so disappointed because in 2K, there's like your classic, like rookie pro all-star hall of fame. And I was on a uh, pro and I was really disappointed because I, I thought it was super good, but uh, I was playing at a low level. So that was kind of frustrating, yeah. but
0: yeah. yeah. So. Well, cool, man. So we've talked about, you know, the sports games um, and this is all on the GameCube, I'm assuming, right?
1: hmm No, sorry. When I was referring to 2K, I was referring to
0: Xbox. Um, Yeah, no, that makes sense. But kind of that that core group of games was on the GameCube, and then uh, what I'm alluding to is that you made the jump to Xbox. I'm assuming, or you went to to PlayStation. No, to
1: Wii. I went to. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I ditched the uh, GameCube, Um, Mm -hmm. not intentionally. I think it broke, and Mm -hmm. this is right around when the Wii came out, and I still felt isolated because we was even more of a less like physical uh console i mean physical Mm. in the sense that like there was no war games or anything like that yeah um but i loved we sports we sports was like my stuff i loved it yeah um i would play all day just uh going through like the gauntlet of like golf baseball yeah um, bowling uh, tennis um and that's when people you know when they came over to my house they're like okay Matt." (laughs) We have an Xbox, but like Wii's pretty cool too, I guess. Yeah, um, I was big on Wii. Wii was like my next step up, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I loved it.
0: It was a, it was absolutely a revolution um, in gaming, and I, I just remember, I remember the first time I played it. I went over to a buddy's house, and I was just blown away at the tracking. Like yeah. I, I was literally that person swinging the tennis racket or like the golf swing. Like if you swing too fast, if you rotate, it, it picked up on all of that. And I was blown away by that. And then I played some games that were classic games where you uh, hook up the nunchuck yeah. to it. And then you're actually doing the joystick thing, but it still has the function of swinging them around. Like you mm-hmm. can do both. Um, and I, I still preferred like the PlayStation and, and classic games. Um, just be, I'm not sure why, maybe because they were less developed on the Wii because they had too much time developing the actual functionality of it. But regardless, um, playing the Wii, cause I had one, um, I think I got it like the Christmas after it came out. Um, so it was a little bit of a delay there, but that is really what connected me and my sister, um, together with gaming because she had, she was usually playing like a Nintendo DS. Um, I was on the PlayStation, um playing two completely different games, but that's when like, we could really play Mario Kart together. That's when you could really play, you know, Wii Sports. And then there was the Wii Resort and you could do like jet skiing and flying and parrot, like all these these new, um, you know, all these new functions to that game. So the Wii was way out of the box. I think it's one of the most, I think it's one of the best selling consoles ever um, Mm -hmm. just because of how they marketed it. Like get up off the couch. Play video yeah. games, but get up off the couch. And exactly. one of the coolest things, and I've talked about this before, is Nintendo has always been good at including the family or including groups of people in gaming, um, which I think is incredibly important um, to not separate yourself. Um, you know, while you're while you're playing games, um, even though it's so easy to do that because you can get lost in the world. But we or Nintendo has always done such a good job of including the group in that. So I, I loved the Wii system.
1: You're totally right. I remember we being the first time my, my parents and my family were ever interested in anything I was doing video game wise. Yeah. Because they saw me swinging this thing around. They're like, what are you doing? And I got my parents like, I would play, uh, I would play golf. We golf with my dad, like every day. Yeah. We would just play like whatever it was nine or six holes, just Mm -hmm. like a, like a routine thing we did every single day. Yeah. And that's all he cared about as far as video gaming for me. Um, Mm -hmm. didn't care about the GameCube. Didn't care about when I got the Xbox, but we was like, a family thing and you're so right um because it's not even so much about like video games uh at its core it's just like like you said like just doing an activity and Mm -hmm. like people were so intrigued by like the sensor aspect of it yeah um that it brought like so many people to play Mm -hmm. but i will say that it the the place where we lacked is they tried to put the sports games on it Mm. and I think they did a really poor job of that Mm -hmm. like because I went from GameCube NBA Live to Wii NBA Live and it Mm -hmm. was so much worse on a Wii than it was on the GameCube um, which was really disappointing to me but yeah all like the Nintendo based games were super super good but I think they did make some mistakes when they tried to cross uh, the older games back over to Wii
0: Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like an impending doom, right? You need to put those games on it on there because those are uh, yearly releases and tons of people buy them. But they probably knew that their system just was not w- the functionality of the controllers was just not there. Um, yeah. And if you have, it's always like a you know, or the person sits down with the controller and then it's a shitty controller compared exactly. to a GameCube controller. So it's like you lose your you lose it there. So it's like okay, let's force the function of throwing the basketball into the hoop, but it's like, that doesn't register and you miss shots or it just doesn't like the guy just doesn't shoot the ball, even though you're throwing the controller. Yeah, it you know was so I mean? bad. And then, yeah. yeah, like
1: you said, they gave you that, that uh, ability to switch the controls to physical buttons that are like, you know, a centimeter in diameter. So, yeah. um, and then I think they really compromised when they made it possible to use the control, the GameCube controller. Right. Um, So it's like, you know, what what are we doing here? (laughs) Is this (laughs) a GameCube or a Wii, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, all in all, like that was the next step up for me. And it was was a really pivotal moment in my gaming, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where do we go next after the Wii?
1: We go to, we take a huge leap uh, in time. I'd say probably uh, four to five years. So maybe from... middle school to like middle of high school or something exactly to uh sophomore year in high school um and that gap was basically me uh not playing anything at home Mm -hmm. um for no specific reason more just kind of focusing on like real like basketball and school and stuff and spending all the time at friend's house playing uh on their xbox 360 which was like Mm -hmm. just a eye opener for me yeah um and parents were still not on board with that Mm -hmm. um especially you know around the time when modern warfare 2 came out yeah um so i would just retreat to my friend's house and just (laughs) i literally like the reason i knew how to play those games when i got one myself was just from my friend's house yeah um and yeah, that's uh, that gap was me kind of just taking a break, mm-hmm. um, playing games here and there. And then I, I, I can't remember, I got really sick my sophomore year of high school, like super, super sick. Okay. And I'd spent so many years convincing my parents to get me an Xbox, mm-hmm. trying to convince them. Yeah. And they finally gave in because I was just like so sad and sick. (laughs) On your deathbed. Like, this is
0: my last wish. Yeah. Well, get me the Xbox.
1: Well, they put me on the couch, like downstairs for some reason, because like they could help me out, like feed me easier. Yeah. yeah, I was really sick.
0: Right next to the kitchen and much easier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I didn't have a console down there. Um, and we didn't have like DVR, like there was no smart TVs yet. Right. Um, So I was just watching TV all day and I was super upset about it. And I finally convinced my parents to give me, a uh, the Xbox 360, I guess. Yeah. And from there it was just downhill, um, (laughs) for better or for worse. Uh, I think my first batch of games was modern warfare two. Uh, this is all the same day. So modern warfare two skate three.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And NBA 2K, whatever it was at the time, probably six yeah. or th- no, 2K 12 or 11. Uh-huh. Um, so those are my three games, and that was just like I got better in instant. I felt so good. <laughs> I hopped on, I like I told all my friends, I was like, We're here, fellas. We're here. <laughs> I signed up. My game, my first gamer tag was baggy Matty Ice 4.
0: Let's go, um,
1: and that was only because Matty Ice wasn't uh, available, like that was my of my real nickname in real life, but yeah, I hopped on. I joined all my, I added all my friends, yeah. And I was just like, "Whoa, this is insane!"
0: Yeah, like
1: I didn't even buy a mic initially because I forgot that that was the thing. <laughs> I was just so excited to play, yeah. And the crossover, like the just the difference, like like the technical difference in graphics between like GameCube, wii to Xbox 360 is just absurd. It's a yeah. whole nother level. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Um, so I just went ham uh, yeah. on all three of those games. Those are my first three games that that really just consumed my life.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, I wanna talk about Skate 3 because um, I would call that a revolution in skateboarding games um, because the analog stick and actually flicking that in certain directions and watching that um, and the graphics were phenomenal. So, you know, it, there is a special place in everyone's hearts for the Tony Hawks games because, you know, that was just so much fun and it was so uh, intuitive and you, the cut, not the customization, but how much you could stack on moves and do a grind into a flip and then jump off and then hit a, you know, there was just so much there, but then skate was like, no, I, I want you to feel like you're actually controlling this board and you're actually a skateboarder, and the graphics were there. Um, it, it was a revolution in skateboarding gaming. So, get me. Let's talk about that and how that was for you. And I mean, Modern Warfare Two, we we've, we've hit that, and I I'll, I'll talk about that all day long. Uh, yeah. But Skate Three is not something I've talked a lot about. And I remember my friends being like, "You've got to get it. You have to get this game. It's just so different and so fun."
1: Yeah. No, you you described it perfectly. The transition from Tony Hawk to Skate was um basically taking it from a fantasy uh to like reality Mm -hmm. um as far as tony hawk had like real life skate spots Mm -hmm. um but but uh but skate made it like like they mapped out everything like they it's almost uh exactly the same as in real life a lot of these spots Mm -hmm. and one of the main main attractions to it is there's a like there's a realistic mode uh or option and then there's like the more gamey option as far as mm-hmm. like the mechanics of tricks oh okay so you can set it to like real life to where uh where, in a game like tony hawk you can you can do every trick no matter what every single time yeah like, if you're not like set up in the right spot on skate or you you have you're in a position that's like unrealistic you will mm-hmm. fall so Mm -hmm. it's just it's so it's so impressive how they did it yeah um, to make it like actual skateboarding and i skateboard myself and Mm -hmm. um it's just so fun it's one of those games where you you describe that it puts you in that position um to learn tricks in real life um to go like explore new skate spots and and it's close to open world i mean it's so expansive yeah Uh, it's one of those games where you can teleport to where you want to go, or you can Mm. get there on, on board.
0: Yeah. Traveling through the game. Like you can just like roll over to that next spot. Like, like you would, if you're with your buddies and like, let's go hit that next spot down the road, you would Mm -hmm. just skate there and there were cars. And I think I remember people being in it. So like, you have to watch out for people. And yeah, it was like, Hey, let's take the open world concept of like roll around and do your thing. Plus skateboarding, but make it somewhat realistic and a little bit of a challenge. It was definitely a learning curve to get into that game.
1: Absolutely. Um, and there's so many different challenges and uh, games. Like there's this thing called Hall of Meat. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of it, but basically the, it's kind of like GTA in the sense where like, it'll put you in a situation. Like if you, if you enter into a Hall of Meat, it'll put you into a situation that you can't get to in like the game itself. Mm-hmm. So it'll put you like like a thousand feet in the sky yeah. like a, a plane or something or like a you know a crane mm-hmm. and you have to skate off and the goal is to get as hurt as possible and <laughs> to break yeah. as many bones as possible and it's so detailed because when you hit something uh there's a function where it'll like highlight your bones yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and it shows if they fracture or you know if you tear something and then the points rack up as you're falling down these mountains and like as you're slamming into buildings it's, and that was like attractive in a way. Like that's a part yeah. of, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not a big fan of violence, but like, mm. just seeing like the ragdoll motion is like, yeah. it's, it's really like fascinating. Um, yeah. So they had that, they had like trick battles. They play like skate, which is like horse for basketball.
0: Yeah. And I, I wanted to touch on that really quickly because um, I feel like that was a new function where it was, Mono e mono, you could play your friend next to you and actually do the move and it was challenging enough it wasn't like tony hawks where it's like you really needed to string together a bunch of moves to make it difficult this was like no just do a kickflip yeah. i dare you because it actually is kind of hard in the game and like you said if you're doing the realistic mode and you had just suddenly adjusted your weight and tried to do the move you would fall so it was exactly. like actually challenging against each other super competitive definitely tempers flaring because you couldn't land a simple move yeah
1: yeah there is i will say that there is um a little bit of an aspect that is that is not doesn't translate from real life in the skate like uh the skate what i mean like horse mode yeah um is the like the joystick aspect where like in real life if you're playing skate you know in your head what you want to do so you're mm-hmm. going to get relatively close to it but if you make like a like a diagonal left down mm-hmm. instead of like a straight down yeah for your flick it'll mess up the trick you'll do a different trick yeah um which is kind of like a a blessing and curse because it's better than having like a hey press a to do a kick flip you know uh-huh. because it makes the joystick really important yeah um but that was one frustrating aspect of skate when you're trying to copy something and in your head, you have the idea of what you know, you need to do, Yeah. but your thumb moves like a half of a centimeter in the wrong direction (laughs) and you do a completely different trick. So that is one aspect that was a little bit frustrating, but overall it doesn't affect the, you know, the love for the game. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's other aspects like, and it skate just blew up on YouTube when people could start recording. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like a huge like 1080 challenge, like how many spins you can do in the air. Uh-huh. There's certain locations where you can get the highest amount of air possible, mm-hmm. um, and those have become like like monumental in the game. Like if you talk to like skate heads, I guess you'd call them, like people that are uh-huh. really into it, and you bring up certain locations or like certain tricks, they'll be like, like yeah, that's coveted. Like all, yeah. very few people have done that. <laughs> um, and now, just like have, real life.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, there's a, there's a stare out there. There's like a 12 step or a 14 step that people are like, dude, you could really hurt yourself doing that. But one guy did it. So then you're just like, I think yeah. I can do that. I can do that. You know, yeah. and you're, that whole thing.
1: Yeah. And people, uh, I don't know, just that whole game, like the, like the tension you feel in the controller when you're going fast and like, it mm-hmm. gives you that vibration. And I know yeah. you talked about you, you do, or you don't like vibration. I do. I yeah did. me too i love it i love yeah. it because it gives you that like tension like where you feel your feet on the ground sort of mm-hmm. thing um yeah i've always loved that
0: um yeah show show was the one that was like turn it off right. I, I need to just play the game and be as good at the game without any distractions and i'm like dude that's like half the point is to feel that immersive uh, emotion yeah. for me For me, not, you know, not in general, but like, you know, we're on the same page here. Just like, I like to feel a little bit more engaged in the game and the vibrating controller was a ingenious method of like, I want to feel a little bit more like I'm flying on a plane or driving in a car or running and it can actually buzz every step that you run. Um, I have yet to get my hands on a PS5 controller, but I am, I am so excited to feel that haptic feedback where now you know, as you squeeze the trigger or pull a bow back, like it gets harder as mm-hmm. it goes. It's not like it just shakes. Um, and sounds will do different things to the controller, different textures. If you're walking through sand, you'll feel the controller feel differently than if you're walking on concrete. Um, I'm very excited for that. Um, yeah. and you know, that would be something that's lost on somebody like Shob or I think, I think I may be misspeaking, but I think Jack might have said the same thing, but, um, there was one other person on my podcast that said, Oh yeah, I don't I don't really care for it um you know it's not the biggest deal might have been wally but anyways um you know that's lost on them which is not not a big deal they still enjoy the game they still do that but um that is definitely a big deal for me i definitely enjoy that
1: i wanted to ask you because i know you've played xbox um to some extent and Mm -hmm. you're mainly playstation um Mm -hmm. i personally i grew up playing playstation at other people's houses before Mm -hmm. i started playing xbox but i wanted to get your take on the uh i guess we'll say like xbox 360 or xbox one controller versus um playstation in general just mm-hmm. kind of more like sh- like wide and fat for xbox and skinnier yeah. and more protruding joysticks um, mm-hmm. for playstation because i have a absolute uh i i dislike strongly playstation controllers
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for me, I, it, I, okay. So the way I'll start it is um, I actually unearthed my PS3 and I have played some games on it re- like as of you know Christmas mm-hmm. um, and I grabbed the controller and that was very uncomfortable. Like yeah. even the step up from you know, it being like, I think it was a little more vertical to kicked out for the PS5 and the PS5, or excuse me, the PS4 is a little uh, girthier. Um, That was a huge improvement. Um, But yeah, when I played the Xbox, I had the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. And the thing that I always kind of held my or like got caught up on was the joysticks being in different locations. Mm -hmm. Like that was always something that was like, I feel like I shouldn't understand that, but it was never a problem when I was actually gaming. Um, so I just got used to the PlayStation controllers, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just stuck with that. I think a lot of it was uh the user interface of the main screen. I didn't mm-hmm. like Xboxes, I thought it was kind of all over the place and scattered, whereas PlayStation has always been like a line and you just select what you want and there's drop-down menus. Um So I think that had more to do with it than the controllers, but I would agree with you that an Xbox controller is more comfortable than a PlayStation controller. Um, But that just, that wasn't enough for me to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to switch over. And then you talk about the game exclusives um, that come between the Xbox and the PlayStation. And I, I very much prefer the PlayStation games. Um, But yeah, specifically the controller, I agree with you that the uh, Xbox is more comfortable than the PlayStation, but I just got used to it and that was really it for me. Um, and I I don't think I've ever experienced like hand cramping or uncomfortability on that level playing um, a PlayStation controller, but I feel like people have. Um, I didn't even think about the protruding um, joysticks. That's not yeah. even something that has come into my mind until as soon as you said that, because the Xbox and even the one that I played, they actually had indents on the tops of the the joysticks. And like you said, they're not sticking half an inch up off the, off the controller so what do you think about that
1: yeah uh from my early days playing on both consoles at different people's houses yeah i i couldn't play a lot of playstation games because of that exact reason like the distance between the uh the joystick on the xbox and the playstation is significant Mm -hmm. i think and another point i want to bring up is the tension or like the drag Mm -hmm. so the drag is what seems to me on the PlayStation is a lot less than the Xbox.
0: I, so, I you mentioning that now, I totally remember that from the Xbox to the PlayStation yeah. too, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Um, and that's not customizable. Like you can mm-hmm. change sensitivity yeah. on whatever game you want, but just the ability to like the ability to move the joystick on PlayStation being a lot more sensitive, like just, you can throw it around without mm-hmm. any like pushback yeah um is a different learning curve and a, a different skill level um because it has more room for error i think yeah On xbox there is like that, that it feels like that ball underneath the mm-hmm. joystick it just has a little bit more like it's a little tighter yeah it has a little bit more drag so it feels like it gives you a little bit more control mm-hmm. um and that was a big thing for me um and just like the comfort like that playstation i think it was two or three that like the bulb on the top is is not super comfortable Mm -hmm. it has like that uh, it's kind of rough and like uh grady Um, Mm -hmm. it's almost (laughs) it feels like sandpaper a little bit (laughs) yeah but you're right when you bring up the xbox the indent the little like the little cup with the uh just like the little rubber on top i think Mm -hmm. that was more attractive to me um
0: you know, now that I think about it a little bit more, um, specifically in Assassin's Creed, you have to, um, there's a lot of parkour, especially in the older games, the newer games, you just have to literally move the controller, the stick forward and you just climb a mountain, go through a valley, um, which I think is, is a loss. But um, the older games, you had to run along things, especially if you're chasing people. And I would constantly watch my thumb Slip over, and then I'm all the way up here, and I have to like readjust as I'm doing those chase scenes. That might have been different if I was playing on an Xbox. So, yeah, you know, that's definitely something that is measurable now that I'm thinking about it. Um, that could have been different on a different console yeah. um, because that happened plenty of times because you're constantly running forward or, you know, doing certain things. Um, whereas maybe in other games, you're not so much doing that. But, um, yeah, specifically that, I constantly would be like okay I'm at this point where I literally can't stop running or I'm not going to catch this guy so I like have to figure out how I'm going to maneuver my thumb back onto the joystick because you know it was rounded and it maybe had a little bit of grading on it but not like that cup I mean that cup wasn't was the support you would need
1: and I will say too I think for like the average uh I guess we'll say like male hand size Mm -hmm. um I think just the Xbox controller fits better Mm -hmm. because i i want i want to have the buttons i need to access at my full extension of my my fingers i understand yeah because if they're not then i have to move them further to press the button i want to press Mm -hmm. so like if i want to press y which is the top button on the xbox all i have my fingers already on it Mm -hmm. because it's fully extended like this
0: yeah not 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 prepped yeah yeah, yes
1: exactly and so like when you're, in my opinion, when you're on PlayStation, your fingers are like curled uh-huh. and your hand is like fully consuming the, the controller. Mm-hmm. Whereas Xbox, it's more like a laid out fingers are completely uh, straight yeah. sort of game. So I think just personally, I think it's uh, it's better. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of why hit the, I, uh,
0: we've hit the controller debate, the PlayStation and Xbox controller debate.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I think for sure Xbox is like the best controller ever made mm-hmm. uh, for sure but
0: yeah and I the only person I know literally that is getting a PlayStation 5 or has successfully got a PlayStation 5 is Mark mm-hmm. Um he just recently got one and so I'm I'm super excited to go check that out but I know quite a few people that have gotten the Xbox Series X um, and so I they're the reviews that I have seen have given the advantage to PlayStation 5 just because of the technology in the controller, um, the, uh, the grip on it. And I think it is a little bit bigger too for your hand. Um, some of the downfalls are that it's white and that it has this texture on it. So it gets dirty like mm. within two uses, especially for, I totally have sweaty hands when I'm playing yeah. games. So like all of that soot and that dirt just covers the controller and it looks like crap, which is really unfortunate. Um, and a ton of people are asking for a black controller, like they always have been, but anyways, um, I've, I've heard that they've tipped the scales to the PlayStation controller. And I think most of it has to do with the tech. Um, but now that we've had this conversation, I'm going to go back and look at both of them online and see the cup on, on the, uh, on the joystick or, you know, reviews about the drag, because that's totally substantial and something that's, that I do in games just to kind of like slow down and immerse myself, especially in open world games is just let the character walk through the world and let the world just kind of happen around them. Um, And with a PlayStation controller, if it's very little drag, it's difficult to not be on a full run Mm -hmm. where the the joystick is uh, completely forward or backward or whichever direction. Whereas on an Xbox, it's easier to feel that tension and control that midway between not moving and fully running. And that might be easier on an Xbox, which is something that I like to do to feel myself immersed in a world um, as you're, you know, just kind of traversing through it. So that's another interesting little check mark next to the Xbox controller of just like there's some more customization for the gamer um, to do something. And then you think about very competitive PVP, like first person shooters, like being able to control your character without that slip up, like is everything, you know, and we're not going to take into account PC gaming because that's just a different animal, but You know, the controller, the thing that we, I I would say, people that have played games for their entire lives love just picking up that controller and playing that game versus the PC, which people can argue all day that you have more control and stuff. And I I, I would totally agree. Um, But for people that prefer the controller, um, that's definitely some interesting points for the Xbox controller. And I want to hear or I wanna reinvest myself in the, the debate between the Xbox Series X and the PS5 because I, I have a new perspective on it now.
1: Do you know what happened to the PlayStation 5 rollout? Cause I heard it was abysmal.
0: So um, yes, so this is what I know from just kind of things that I heard. There's a lot of things that happened. Um, they, they tried to do a pre-release, like a, a pre-order system and I don't know if they were just not prepared for the volume or if the system that they had set up was just poor, um, but people had a, a really hard time just even getting a pre-order. Um, and again, I don't know if this is a supply thing, like they just didn't realize how many people wanted the system or if the pre-order systems that they had set up, like in the warehouses and the factories, like if you pre-ordered on Walmart, that, that still goes to the same factory that Target or GameStop or whoever goes to, maybe that system was faulty, but. People have a really difficult time pre-ordering the game or the the console. Um, Now people have a really difficult time buying them. It's like Coachella tickets. Like Mm -hmm. as soon as Target releases the fact that they have 20 PS5s, it's bought almost immediately. And one of the biggest controversies right now is the automated bot systems that are buying the PS5s for scalpers. And they are scalping PS5s for thousands of dollars because people can't get them through their normal suppliers, they're buying them on eBay, on Craigslist, um, on, you know, different, different sources. And wow. people are literally paying like $1,200, $2,500 for PlayStation fives because you can't get it anywhere. They, they stopped a bot from buying 20 million units. <sighs> Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. They, they're... No, they're just
1: getting like outsourced for more money on.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, in, that's one of the biggest, um, problems are facing. And it's like, I understand the bot thing. You know, I think you would be able to tell the difference between someone who logs in and, and clicks pay uh, as opposed to a bot. I don't really know that for a fact. I'm sure there's a difference, but you know, if you're a scalper and you're just, that's all you do because you need to make a bunch of money, you could just have a few desktop screens open and a bunch of tabs open and just consistently be clicking buy or whatever. Um, but yeah. And, and people have interfaced with these scalpers and they're like, no, I don't feel bad at all. Like, I'm just trying to make some money. Like it's this or that. And, and people are like, how could you do this? And there's legal action going on. Um, you know, people are suing, uh, them and there's criminal lawsuits going on, but, um, so there is a different, a a few different things that happen to that, that rollout, um, the most criminal and scandalous being the scalpers, but, Um, even before that, I I don't know why they didn't have uh, a system. Like, I don't know, uh, do it like, uh, when people drop the newest sneakers, like, or when, when you do a Coachella ticket release, like just copy that model. I don't know, like make it better because it's in completely in your interest because you know, the PS4 kicked the Xbox one's ass in sales. So, you know, people are going to get it, um, yeah, I don't know why that all happened, but that's what I know um, about that whole rollout.
1: It's interesting you said you explained that because it's what what you described about uh, people flipping them is going on right now in the, the card community, the trading card community. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Where I'm, I'm kind of boots on the ground in that because I do collect some basketball cards. Oh. Um, cool. But here in San Diego, the two. In my location the two places you can get them are walmart and um and target and the window of time to be able to get them because the the demand is so high and they can't mm. supply because of covid mm-hmm. it's literally five minutes once a week you have <laughs> you have just this huge uh congregation of people mm-hmm. at like seven in the morning at both locations like just wow flocking and like fighting over like 10 boxes of cards. Um and then they'll they'll hop onto eBay and they'll turn like a like probably a retail like $50 box into like six, seven hundred dollars. Um, oh my God for like something that's worth it's I mean, it's your 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 chances of getting a good card are really low. Yeah. Um, and they don't open
0: the box. It's literally just yeah. they grab the box and then they sell it sealed.
1: Yeah, they protect it. I mean, they're not going to open that. I mean, the yeah. the value of the box is so much higher than what's inside of it. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so that might be part of the problem, I guess. People just mm. hoarding these Playstations. And, <laughs> yeah. And then just jacking up the price, which is uh it's interesting to see unfold.
0: Yeah, and it, what I I will say, um, Microsoft is, I think. Uh, as far as profits are concerned, like 12 times the size of PlayStation, um, because Microsoft is not a gaming uh, company; it's a it's a software um, company and, and all of that. But um, you know that might have been a reason why they have they have more infrastructure um, to sell the Xbox Series X's, because I didn't hear of any real controversy or problems um, with that. I don't think they have as much demand. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the PlayStation four and a lot of gaming exclusives that God of war is not on Xbox. And there's a, there's a sequel coming out. Horizon zero dawn is not on Xbox and there's a sequel coming out. Um, you know, ghost of Tsushima. I mean, the list goes on of, of exclusives. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean PlayStation is a small company. Like they made like $5 billion last year. So it's like, why wouldn't you invest in a system that allows people to get the, the PlayStation? but um, yeah that's that's what I know of that that whole situation. Um, so before we dive into the uh, the Xbox one and our experiences of, of sitting on the couch playing battlefront and stuff like that, um, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we'll come right back and kind of hit that and uh, see where that takes us. Cool, let's do it. Cool. we'll be right back. And we're back. All right. So just before the break, we uh, touched on, you know, talking about the Xbox one, um, talking about the old Palomar days when we lived together our junior year um, at Cal Poly. Um, And that's really where I, you know, found out that you were super into 2k. Um, We definitely played a bunch of battlefront when that, when that came out. Um, And I, I'm not really remembering uh, some of the other games that we had. And that was um, that was, that was actually, wait, that was on a PlayStation because of Chris. And did did any of the guys have an Xbox? There? No, was they that had just... a
1: Wii. I think they earlier had Spencer had a Wii.
0: Yeah, it was a PlayStation. Why was I thinking that was an Xbox? Because I know at MVP, um, Spencer got the Xbox and, you know, he had it there. But
1: Who I thought... had 2K? Someone had 2K on that main TV.
0: That was Chris. Chris oh, had okay. on the PlayStation. That's what so I, yeah, I played on his, on his PlayStation for sure. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's hit that because that's really where I found out that you were into that and you would play. Um, so, you know, at that point, did you, did you bring a system to college? Did you have anything like that or, or where, where did, where did it stop for the 360? Um, yeah. was that at some point in high school?
1: yeah uh it was and it was probably like late high school when i stopped uh on the 360 and i didn't have an xbox one until we moved into mvp so whatever that summer was that's mm-hmm. when i got it uh when i had knee surgery so much like the oh sick, yeah the sick uh spell that i had sitting on the couch i bought an <laughs> xbox for uh surgery but yeah um yeah uh I think Battlefront was really what kind of brought us together uh, as far yeah. as gaming initially. Um, I was big on Battlefront. I believe it was, yeah, there's only two, right? Yeah. Um, so the first one I played at my friend Kyle's house, like mm-hmm. all day on PlayStation when I was younger. Yeah. And that was just revolutionary. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had played, there was actually a few games that, um, maybe one on GameCube, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like a, it was a a Star Wars game, Mm -hmm. Um, but besides that, and like Lego Star Wars, like Mm -hmm. this was just a whole different level um, of battle, and like, if, to me, it was, it was Call of Duty, basically, but everything I ever dreamed of in the Star Wars realm. Um,
0: Are we talking about the newer one or the original one?
1: The original one, yeah. Um, I think that it was just such a good game. Like yeah. just that loading screen, like that. <sighs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, what
1: I'm talking about? zoomed
0: in. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I still remember that uh, to the full extent, and yep. um, just like the perks, kill streaks, all that stuff was just so mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Um, I mean, they. I I just feel like they made the sandbox you versus AI but capture the Star Wars world. They just knocked it out of the park. I don't know where that came from. I'm sure I can find that out. But like when that hit, I played Battlefront just dozens of hours, maybe hundreds of hours. And then Battlefront 2 came out. But, you know, sticking on that one, like you were a stormtrooper and you were you were on Hoth and you were literally sieging the Rebels base. Like it, it just... Everything was perfect about the nostalgia, but also the functionality of being that person and the gameplay was fantastic. You know, having the different character classes, so you could go in full assault, or you had the heavy trooper or the sniper. I loved the sniper, um, and then you could have the officer as well. You know, and kind of control the battlefield. But um, oh my god, those those two first Battlefronts were, yeah. I mean, you hit it right. It was a great functional shooter, but it had Star Wars, and mm-hmm. they nailed it.
1: And I think they did, a, we'll talk about two right now when we played together. Um, mm-hmm. I think they did a decent job of introducing Jedis as like the ultimate perk. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they were a little OP, yeah. um, especially for the ones that were good at it because <laughs> yeah. it, it seemed like it was either you got so excited that you got a Jedi or a Sith or whatever, and you just get destroyed because you don't know how to protect yourself and you're like i did all that for this like this is brutal yeah or there were the people that knew how to do it and they get like 40 50 kills yeah in one jedi so um i think they did a decent job of balancing that but i think it could have been a little bit more uh harder to get i guess you'd say um but it was that like just the introduction of being able to have a lightsaber and force yeah. and like that and flying like a, a dude so sick, like yeah. incredible.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And I'll break it down even further. So they introduced that. So there was the original battlefront. Then there was battlefront two, um, yeah. which was on the PlayStation two. That's where they introduced Jedi. And you're yeah. like, what cool. I get to be these different characters and you know, yeah, I mean, that was super, super fun and just totally new because there were um, Jedi games. There was uh, yeah. the original one that I played was Star Wars Obi-Wan on Xbox way back in the day, um, which was so much fun. And they nailed like his own story and going off to different worlds and the combat was super fun. Um, there's a game I'm forgetting now. It's like it was like a training game or like Jedi training or something like that that is now even now touted as the best jedi combat um and that was released i would say in the mid to late 2000s that's a total guess but um battlefront 2 was a great system for it you know it was a little different because it was the triggers and you Mm -hmm. were just swinging as you click the trigger whereas like the game that i really liked was um the game they made about episode 3 revenge of the sith and so you Mm -hmm. could play as different jedi with that and it was like a Press uh, square for light attack, triangle for heavy attack, and you could kind of. Uh, there were various attacks you could use, and new force powers that you could kind of gain and stuff like that, which was really cool. Um, then in the Battlefront 2015 that we played, um, you know they they just nailed the feeling of getting out there on the battlefield. I mean, Dice just crushed the development and the graphics of those games, um, and so then you walk out on the battlefield as a hero or you know a, a, a the dark side hero um, and it was great there were improvements that you know could have been made and um, they kind of held it up a little bit because there was battlefront 2 uh, six, 2017 coming so they they knew they kind of pedaled it a little bit they sandbagged a little bit um, and then battlefront 2 was kind of the all um, you know the almighty but um, dude playing battlefront with all of us and we would each take turns playing. So our character was just skyrocketing in the stats because we would all all play and we would watch each other play. And just, again, the graphics were so good and the gameplay was just so unbelievable. I mean, Jedi star or star fights happening over your head and like the explosions, um, they nailed it. Like it yeah. was just so much fun. And obviously the force awakens uh, had just come out. So like everyone was back on the star Wars hype um, so it, it just it definitely captured that moment.
1: Yeah, uh, I want to acknowledge yeah because I was a little bit confused. Um, I do remember yeah the the first Jedi came out in that earlier one, mm-hmm. but didn't the most recent Battlefront flop pretty hard?
0: So what happened was um, they released it, or actually in a beta in an open beta, everyone realized it was a vicious pay to play. Setup like there um, were loot boxes that EA got sued by I think like eight different countries for it being a gambling system within the game. And wow. it was essentially the whole idea of like you would get somebody addicted to the slot machine where they would crank the slot machine after they put in a couple quarters and they would get certain things that would yeah. affect their stats and affect their gameplay. Um whereas now some some different games just it's just your aesthetics that you would pay for. Doesn't affect the gameplay. Um but One of the comments about the game like its release was the most downvoted Reddit comment ever in the history of the app of the program. Wow! That release and the whole loot box scandal. Yeah. So they scrapped the entire thing, redeveloped it. um, And I would call it one of the biggest comebacks in video game history because I love the game. It's one of my favorite games to play. Yeah. Battlefront 2 right now. I, I was consistently playing it and I was keeping up on the updates that they were providing. And it was like, I would say, I would guess from what I heard in those videos, a, a staff of like 12 people or less that were, oh. that were keeping up with the game. Like one guy was the designer for the Jedi. And I'm sure he had many staff that were helping him, but it was late. It, that thing was um, supported through um, the spring of 2020. Because Rise of Skywalker, they put in new content with every different movie, um, and they changed, they tweaked the the heroes after hearing comments from the community. So it turned into one of the strongest like community-to-developer connections that I've ever seen. And you would literally get updates like, hey, we changed all these different stats on Obi-Wan because he was OP over here, or Darth Maul's lightsaber was broke, so they... For one example, they changed how his lightsaber was thrown in the game because people were like, I can't hit anything with his lightsaber. So they were like, okay, we'll just rotate it and it'll throw horizontal now. Like Uh just live feedback for people playing the game. um, It was phenomenal. And, you know, when it came out, um, huge controversy with the loot boxing thing, EA has, I don't think recovered Um, and EA is its own. Animal right, they are the Madden FIFA behemoths yeah. of the industry, and they really don't have any competition in, in um, those regards. And so they make a ton of money off of it. Um, but they are definitely well known as greedy, and obviously, Battlefront Two was an example of that. Um, but it was a huge comeback, and I'm I'm really happy with the game. I still play it to this day, even though it's a three moving on a four year old game. Um, there is definitely going to be a Battlefront Three with how much Star Wars content is coming out on Disney Plus. Um, but I I highly recommend it. I would say anyone that picks it up right now, like there's a little bit of a learning curve, just kind of get used to battlefront. Just like if you swap between battlefront and call of duty, you definitely, Mm -hmm. there's just different stuff going on. Um, but it it is a fantastic game. They added new planets to the game late in its development. Like it's, it's, it's a very fun game. I'm super passionate about it as you can tell right now. Um, but yeah, I love that game. I love playing that game and it's a huge comeback and it was just such a cool community connection to the game. Um, and I mean, you can play as General Grievous, you can play as Yoda, you can play as Darth Maul, you can play as Boba Fett. I mean, they just stacked it with heroes. Um, and one of the most underrated parts of the game is the, uh, star fighting. It's some of the most beautiful, um, mesmerizing gameplay and the sound design of it that's always something that really like steps up a game for me is the sound design if it really sounds like i'm there or it sounds cool um and they crush it in that game Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i do have a a affinity to uh any flying aspect of any single game and i think uh battlefront did a really amazing job of capturing like the experience of operating a air vehicle um, yeah and you don't find a ton of really good mechanics um, other than like that and maybe GTA, which is something mm. we'll talk about because it's one of the games I really like. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think uh, Battlefront and Call of Duty are rivals in, in my mind as far mm. as uh, that sort of... And maybe Battlefield. I really like Battlefield.
0: Oh um, my god, Battlefield. DICE is the same developer between yeah. Battlefront and and battlefield and i I could talk rear off about that game i have i have a couple nights one was with aaron wong Mm -hmm. um you know at the fraternity house at cal poly and one was with sam ryan another fraternity brother at mvp at the fraternity house where we we stayed up all night playing the campaign and then switching off playing multiplayer and i had our sound system set up and you know that big tv we had in apartment seven like it that that's one of my favorite gaming memories both of those um Mm -hmm. separately and uh it was all battlefield and dude the just the the look of that game the feel of the game feeling like you know especially because I played battlefield one so it's world war one and no one has done world war one as far as gaming is concerned at least done it well um it was just it it was so much fun so I, I appreciate that you mentioned battlefield because that's that's a series that I feel like is kind of swept under the rug for, from a call of duty standpoint. But if you told that to a battlefield fan, they would cuss you out because it's like it, they would tell you a hundred different reasons why it's better than call of duty. And most of, most of those reasons are right.
1: Yeah. I think just the, um, I think I played battlefield three. That was the only one I played. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the, the the size of the maps was something Mm -hmm. that I hadn't found in Call of Duty um yep plus I mean like like you can compare to uh, Battlefront you know picking your spawn um mm-hmm. is something that's really cool uh just like the tanks
0: um, oh my god the vehicles yeah
1: air you know air vehicles um like strikes airstrikes like that whole just and the, the length of a, of a match too, like that, it, you know, you could play a, a one match for 30, 40 minutes, like yeah, just uh, such a great game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at Palomar in specific, we had some good times just uh, yeah. playing Battlefront. I'm trying to think of other games. Um, I know for me, 2K was, was kind of what I was doing was that campaign sort of thing. Uh, yep just doing my own thing.
0: Um, yeah. And I mean, I feel like, you know, Call of Duty was definitely a thing, but I don't feel like that was really the presence in, in the house. It was yeah. really just Battlefront for whatever reason was like the biggest memory. And I'm sure, you know, someone will pipe up and tell us that, you know, we totally missed this or that. Um, but yeah, no, for some reason that kind of, I mean, I know exactly why that kind of flushes to the top is just because it was such a great game and it was just, it was fresh. It was new. And it's just such a beautiful game um so yeah no that that definitely rose to the top for me but that's where I noticed that you were playing that career mode and I knew Mm -hmm. that you were interested in that um and that's definitely something that we fleshed out and I'm really glad we did because um I don't know a whole lot of people that play that mode um definitely plenty of people play that game but Mm -hmm. as far as like actually doing that mode you're definitely the person that I um saw doing that the most so
1: yeah um and I think that time period was on the the uh the precipice of battle royale yeah and especially me myself i was waiting uh patiently for that (laughs) because that's one of the things that i wanted to speak on um,
0: okay let's do it
1: was besides campaign for sports games for me Mm -hmm. and besides uh nba live or like like a sort of quick match call of Mm -hmm. duty multiplayer the one thing that was missing for gaming for me was steak,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: not meat steak.
0: But, no, I know what you got. <laughs> yeah. But
1: the, like the do or die, all or nothing yeah. aspect of being the champion with the highest reward yeah, with the, uh, the most, uh, just everything on the line. And I hadn't found that there was, it didn't exist before mm-hmm. Battle Royale for me. Yeah um so when i saw you know i'd go on youtube and i'd see like uh pubg or player yep. uh, unknown battleground was starting to make its rise um mm-hmm. like 2016 17 something like that mm-hmm. i was so invested in it just watching <laughs> that was like when i started watching youtube videos okay. um and then there was like daisy just mm-hmm. these like huge maps like like couldn't even cross the whole thing without yeah. a vehicle Um, and there's one winner. Yeah. And that's it. It's you win or you lose. Yeah. And that I think was just groundbreaking in, in the gaming industry.
0: Um,
1: so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to dive into that. And, you know, I played a ton of Fortnite. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I'm ready. I mean, because, um, I think that whole aspect, it was very similar to when I got into online gaming, um, Mm -hmm. I was hesitant Um, Wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to do. Um, And I hardly played um, Fortnite, but I watched a ton of it. And, you know, then there's like Overwatch, which is um, highly competitive team on team, um, very fleshed out, very good developed gameplay system. Um, But yeah, Fortnite, I just never got into, but it it was, it was the game. It was Mm -hmm. the battle royale game. There was PUBG, but me saying that is exactly how it went. It was Fortnite. Oh, and there's also PUBG. If you want to play that, you know, it's always has been that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the amount of hours I watched, uh, you play Dalen play show play and you know, it's all on the line. So like emotions are flying. I mean, it's like, if something goes wrong, if your build, your wall didn't make it in time or you were shooting somebody and they did something, I mean, it was like, are you kidding me?
1: Well, for me, so before Fortnite even came out, it was, PUBG was the, was like the one that broke the surface, Gotcha. Uh, in, like in the community. I mean, there was more niche games like Daisy. I can't remember what the other one's called, mm-hmm. but very similar. Oh,
0: um, CSGO.
1: Yeah, CSGO, um, there's a few more that are just Mm -hmm. like, they're more like underground. Yeah. Um, But when PUBG, because no one had, there was Exton had a uh, computer,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: and then maybe one other person, but PUBG came out initially on PC only. Gotcha. And Exton got it. Mm -hmm. And I I sat up in his room for hours playing. This is another
0: brother at the fraternity house. Yeah.
1: Yeah. and it was so hard it was it's such a hard game to learn on pc yeah um but then fortnite was released and i didn't really think much of it because it seemed kind of
0: uh cartoony
1: cartoony compared to PUBG, which was like real boots on the ground war it yeah. seemed like but it just it took the world by storm like it yeah. was insane how addicted i was to fortnite <laughs> um just hours and hours of Of getting you know 13th place fourth place yeah just going for that victory and just the feeling of winning a game if even if you have like two kills or something it's like it's unlike anything else i've ever experienced in gaming yeah um and i think they nailed it Mm -hmm. with just just the ability to uh you know you can track your wins it's -hmm. like you compare with how many wins you have in Fortnite. you know Mm -hmm. how many solos how many duos how many quad wins yeah um and just that like the eliteness of being like the best of the yeah. best because and it really affected how i saw call of duty because mm-hmm. I, I go back to call of duty and i'll play like a 10 minute game and i get like a nice kd but it's like what's it worth you know uh-huh. you have a nice kd you won the game but they, you don't really get rewarded for winning a call of duty game. right uh but just the badge of they put badges basically in in Fortnite. you win a game you get a different colored umbrella so everyone knows you won Mm -hmm. it was just it was top of the line like one of the best games in my mind ever made
0: yeah yeah absolutely and just that bleeding edge of just like you know in it's so funny how it's juxtaposed to how cartoony of a game it is you know what i mean it's like it doesn't look like a game that you would want to throw your controller through the screen for, but that's yeah. what you want to do if you lose. Like, yeah. it's just it's so competitive, and it just it got that because you're building, you're looting, you're getting shields. Like, you need to make certain decisions. Where are you landing? That all depends on what's going on with the um, the cloud that's coming in. So, um, no, they 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 perfected it right because mm-hmm. PUBG was out there, and they perfected it, and then. Uh, games were like we have to yeah. el- evolve to get to this mode. I mean, Call of Duty did it, of course. Battlefield did it. Um, you've got uh, Apex Legends, which was just released out of literally nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like no one knew it was coming out. It was just released. Start playing. Um, took you know, took it, took the industry by force. Um, and more and more games like Halo Infinite. This next, this next Halo is most likely going to have a battle royale mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just like that's that's the new new and um i really didn't get involved until Warzone and you know getting that first dub in Warzone mm. was just like it was it was just that moment because like call of duty had been something i had played for so long i felt like i was decent at it you know i could hold my own um but then to like really stamp it and be like yeah you did get the win you you mm-hmm. can consider yourself pretty good you know of course we got like 35th 40th 25th after that but um yeah no man i mean there's there's something to be said about getting that win um in a battle royale mode and uh, it's never going away like no. it, that that mode is never going away um games will you know try to do oh yeah we slapped it on the side of our main game or it's all we do it's free to play but you can buy all of your customizations and stuff you know it's a very profitable game too um but yeah, it took it by storm and it's never leaving yeah. the industry.
1: And I want to acknowledge for you, I know you're more of like a tactical strategy war zone player. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've seen, I've, we've only played a few times, but yeah, I'm more of a, a running gun, kind of mm-hmm. rack up the kills uh, mm-hmm. more than strategic. But compared to like a multiplayer, like a, you're playing domination or free for all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you, just from what I've seen, is like you enjoy the strategic aspect of like, you know, getting cover and mm-hmm. rotating in the right direction in the zone, mm-hmm. um, when to engage with enemies or uh, stuff like that, which is you can't really harness that same uh, strategy in multiplayer, like just standard yeah. multiplayer. Cause it's like you can make that plan, but then you die and then you respawn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's but- just, that's just, yeah. That's just like, two forces just smashing their faces together. And that's just 10 minutes of just that. But yeah, like you said, Warzone is so much more tactical. And when you play enough, you start to get a real feel of the map and you kind of understand, you know, okay, when we won, we did this and we definitely were strategic about how we moved about the map. Um, And we have tried both, both methods, right? Where it's like, yeah, we're gonna go get a search contract we're going to get a bunch of money. We're going to get our load out and let's take it tactical and slow. Or it's like, no, we're getting a bounty right off the bat and we're going after people. Um, and both modes are super fun. I don't think we've won very many times doing the very aggressive approach. Um, but that's just because that's like my preferred uh, game style is kind of the slower go. Um, but yeah, no, you definitely nailed it. I'm definitely strategic about how I, I play that game um, because it's, that's very fun for me. Like those moments of like Making those right decisions and being strategic, and things folding, you know, unfolding in front of you and make you know coming to fruition in the correct way. Um, that you know, I'm such a planner. I'm such you know very type A in that sense. Um, so when those things do come to be, that's that's where I get that you know little dopamine of like, yeah, that that came to be. Um, but on your end of the spectrum, it is very much like it's the PVP aspect and purely that, like, I can beat this person. I know I can. So I'm going to go after them, beat them and move on to the next one and get to my location that I need to be at. Um, and I totally get that because, um, there's a confidence to it, but there's also just a comfortability to it of like that, that person is done, that person's eliminated. I'm moving on to the next and like, you're just kind of knocking those dominoes down as you get to the center. So.
1: And there's another level past that. Um, and it's games that I have not played personally, but I've spent hours watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's the the aspect of in Warzone or Battle Royale, you can play a forty five minute game and you can lose. But mm-hmm. in games like Rust and games like Arc Survival yeah. Evolved, you you can play, you can lose everything. You can lose everything you have, mm-hmm. and that's like that level of gaming is my like that's what I want all mm-hmm. games to be like um that's what i want for the future of gaming um, and i think my like my dream is to find a game or it's for someone to make it and i'm sure it's been made before mm-hmm. but it's you have a token or you have your access to the okay. game and if you die it, it doesn't matter what the game is but mm-hmm. if you die you can't ever play the game again that is wow. my dream for gaming and i think it should be like it should be free everyone mm-hmm. should get it but you have to know if you log on and you <laughs> die you will never be able to play that game again i think that yeah, would be lost it would be so cool if that happened yeah. um i think p- people would hate it but <laughs> yeah. uh, i think the people that were in it would be cool but i do i watch so much like arc and um and rust uh gotcha. that's a whole different level of gaming that uh, mm. i really enjoy
0: um that's really cool. And and to yeah. talk to that kind of token access, I mean, you could do uh seasons, but I wouldn't want them to be like 8 week seasons. I would I would want them to be like yearly releases. Yeah. Like we're releasing the token in spring mm-hmm. on, you know, February 1st and you're not getting another token until February 1st because there's yeah. still that loss of like I can't play that game for a year or mm-hmm. 6 months. It's like yeah. it definitely weighs on you and you know it would be the ultimate competitive sphere it would be the ultimate competitive world um and i think you could do so much with it i think it would almost be too easy to do just a simple shooter like it it has to be almost more than that like a survival game that Mm -hmm. you know accrues different points in different ways and you know communities are built and like there's trust involved and like absolutely you know what i mean like we're creating a community and we want to survive every single season but then one trader gets in there and blows everybody like it just i I see it i see it in front of me i definitely do
1: and i i i imagine like uh you know a fortified structure a personal base or like a community like Mm -hmm. you said with trust and then once you if you like were to sign off from the server it's completely protected Mm uh maybe like you know how in certain games they'll they'll change like the opacity of what exists, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can like walk through it, but you can't affect the building or structure. Yeah, um, Something like that, where you can only lose permanently if you're in the server, but your mm-hmm. structure maintains throughout yeah. that server. Um, dude, that would be so fun. Just get, yeah. get your friends on there and like, or like, like you spawn, like you can play with your friends but you spawn in different parts of the map
0: so you, you have can't... to make your way to each other
1: exactly exactly yeah. um that whenever that game comes out and it's really good i'm going to yeah. that's that's going to be my first game that yeah I... and
0: you you'd have to make it like almost you know you, i mean it depends on the the amount of people but you'd have to make it like the size of a continent you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's not it's not like even warzone it's got to be mm-hmm. you know four times as big as warzone if that yeah. Um, because it'll take multiple playing sessions to get to your buddy or to get across, you know, the map or a section of the map. And you could make crazy terrain, like the cliffs and that's it. Like there is one path around this obstacle. And so then you have like bounty hunters that are like waiting to get people that are trying to make their way up. the. I mean, yeah, you could totally mess around with the terrain too. No, I, I love the idea. I really do.
1: I think Ark is probably as close as we have right now. Okay. That's like big, but it's a little based in fantasy, which is, I'm looking for something that's like literally real life. Like, yeah. like an arc, you you start you basically butt naked, yeah. and uh, the first thing is like gathering sticks and uh, mm-hmm. trees and stuff and fruit berries. Yeah. Um, you know, you carve out like a spear and then you make mm-hmm. arrows and you just build up from there but there's like there's like dragon you know dragons and uh, spells and stuff but uh if they had something where you could like you know just be a human on like planet earth uh yeah and start from there i think that would be the biggest game in years if they did it right Um, yeah but yeah that's just what i wanted to say about that
0: yeah, no, that's that's definitely huge. And, you know, speaking of, of very large um, open worlds, I think we should touch on GTA. Um, and I'm assuming we're talking about GTA 5. Yeah. And what I would want to um, make the, um, what I want to talk about is the difference between the game and the online. Are you in the online uh, version? I am. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about both of those. Like I'm did you complete the campaign and then move over or did you kind of touch the campaign and then say, yeah, I'm going to try the online thing. Or how did that go?
1: Yeah, I did, uh, briefly do the campaign. Uh, I think my, my, uh, I was very eager to get into the online Yeah. Um, just because it's one of those games where you can do just about everything online that you can do in the campaign. Um, gotcha. whether it be, uh, you know, interacting with characters, um, using some of those challenges that are exclu- usually exclusive to campaign, right? Mm-hmm. You can do in the online version one way or another. Um, gotcha. And plus, just interacting with people, like real people on the street, like that is <laughs> that is like ultimate fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I I play that almost every night. Um, uh-huh. Just kind of brainless, like yeah do challenges build up my empire um -hmm. so i'm almost exclusively online right now Um, cool
0: yeah so this is this is really cool because i haven't talked to anybody about gta um it is one of the biggest games um, and gaming series of all time it is Mm -hmm. the most profitable game ever Mm -hmm. um just like no um you know no um it it is that, Uh, Fortnite doesn't even touch it, you know, like Star Wars games don't even touch it. Um, So I wanna hear a lot about it because I play um, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red Dead Online, which is same company, Rockstar, Um, but Red Dead Online is just not even close to uh, the amount of content and it. It technically shouldn't be just because it's a different world, you know, it's a life simulator in, um, you know, the the turn of the century in the old west. but tell me about it because you know there are the heists that are released in the game there's uh you know different content i mean i know you can build mansions you can uh buy all kinds of vehicles whether it's literally uh fighter jets or helicopter. i mean there's so much to do so tell me like kind of what your path was what you're doing right now and what's going on
1: uh well i was behind the ball as far as uh getting into it late um which is an issue it's not like um other games where you know everyone starts out at the same level no matter where you buy the game like the people that i'm in servers with now have the ultimate arsenal of weapons and vehicles mm-hmm. and uh jet packs and stuff like that <laughs> um but it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all like yeah basically i it's, first of all let me address this i I'm a consistent viewer of roleplay GTA, okay. and it sounds weird. It's there, so there's these servers on PC mm-hmm. where it's. I'll send you a link uh, after this, but it's okay. it's complete roleplay. So, so like real life.
0: Oh, I gotcha.
1: Yeah, so it's um, I forget what the servers called, but basically they designate um, you know a group of police, mm-hmm. uh, fire fighters. Uh-huh. um and then they'll designate a group of civilians mm-hmm. and there is no it's there's no ga- there's no gaming they don't acknowledge that it's a video game at all gotcha um so they they interact as if it's real life like mm-hmm. they'll pull they'll pull people over for speeding for running stop signs uh-huh. um it's so interesting to watch and it's yeah. awesome to see how seriously they take it <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, and they have like a little Twitter on there. So people will tweet like uh, going to shoot fireworks off at the, at the pier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the cops aren't allowed to acknowledge the Twitter, but everyone gotcha. can see it. Like it's they do such a good job mm-hmm. um, and you have to like apply to get in online. Wow. Um, and so it's just like I love watching those. Um, yeah. Yeah but that was like one of the attractive things to me was how realistic and how seriously you can take it. (laughs) Like there are trolls in the game where you'll just get mowed down by random people online, but just the ability to like drive next to someone on the street and like, uh, you know, you can stand next to someone and they won't shoot you, but they'll like talk to you in game chat. Um, God, I don't know where to start with this, but just like, yeah, open world. Um, from the just from the start is like so appealing to me um the ability to not see a location that's in the game yeah is just so awesome the horizon
0: Um, is not the end of the game you just keep going
1: exactly and um the time it takes to get across the map whether it be you know airplane car on foot um Mm -hmm. i watch this other guy he does They'll start at one end of the map in like a really toxic online server, and his mm-hmm. challenge is to get to the other side without dying. <laughs> and just they cut co- the people they come across along the way are like, <laughs> it's so interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's just it's there's so much you can do in the game. You open the mm-hmm. map, and there's a list on the right of just every okay. single possible. They put little icons around the map, and it has mm-hmm. like heist. Um, it has you know uh strip clubs yeah. it has uh races like car races um mm-hmm. bank heists uh you know uh repo jobs yeah um so much stuff that is like it's not comparable to any other game no and you can just walk around all day yeah uh, mugging people accruing money starting businesses uh weapon industries drug cartels like (laughs) it's just the bane of humanity all wrapped into one game like (laughs) in los angeles it's just it's such a great game
0: yeah Um, yeah no i don't know i mean i know exactly why i didn't get into it early on my parents were like absolutely not you're playing that game there's no there's not a chance um i only messed around with it i think like once way back in the day um never really got into it. And then, um, but I always saw it. I always knew GTA was a thing, was a big thing. Um, I never, I'll never forget those covers with the like different little people stitched on like a magazine kind of style. Um, but GTA five is like just so much different and so much bigger. Um, I've definitely messed around with that where you just kind of like play with your friends, like, Hey, go cause some mayhem and see how long you can survive against the police and, you know, do it that way. Um, but it's just so crazy comparing it to red dead online um, because that is only like 24 people on the map in a server at a time. Um, But there are definitely griefers and people that will just literally make you want to quit and never play red dead online again, because they can just do horrific things to your character, like literally tie them up, throw them off a bridge. And, you know, or the worst is when they kill your horse, when they kill your horse, you just feel like, okay, you don't want to just like mess around with me. You want to like hurt me emotionally and hurt <laughs> me mentally. Like, yeah. you know, it's totally that. And I'm sure there are cases of that in GTA, you know, there's mm-hmm. certain items that you really care about, but yeah. um, it's very interesting comparing the two because same company, um, kind of same, you can tell that it's the same graphics, um, you know, the same kind of engine, the, the way you can see facial animations and stuff like that, um, but completely different experiences. Um and, you know, I, I love Red, Red Dead Online. I mean, I, I play it um, decently. I, I used to play it a lot um, because they introduced roles where you could be like a trader or you could be um, a bounty hunter or a collector. They added a couple roles. One's a moonshiner. So you can actually have your own setup and you can have a bar. You can have people in it. Um, and then they just added the naturalist, which is like, you can either be a hunter or somebody that collects samples. So um, there's some cool stuff, but it's so light. Like And everyone looks at GTA five and they're just like, you're rockstar like you you're one of the best gaming companies and you can't make this a little more full of content mm-hmm. so people have have griped with rockstar ever since the beginning of red dead online yeah. um just because it's super light on content um but you know just comparing it to GTA 5 and i mean you know where where do you start in the game does it kind of drop you off in in a narrative like you're working with somebody or is it just online? kind of like yeah does it just kind of dump you in
1: well Just to acknowledge, like when you load the game, first of all, I don't know about Red Dead, but GTA has probably the longest loading of all time. It's like yeah, it's like five minutes at least. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it loads you into campaign without an option. Um, well, at the end, like three minutes in, it gives you you press X to go online. Gotcha. Um, But if you don't press anything, you'll go straight to campaign. Oh, okay. Yeah but no, you drop in with absolutely nothing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, into the server. Um, and then you'll start getting phone calls. Uh, oh, okay. So you'll get a phone call from like, uh, a drug dealer. Uh, you're, uh, like an agent, mm-hmm. um, uh, people that want, it, they're not actual people, but yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. NPCs. But you can get like messages from real people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they'll call you and say, hey, you want to make some money, you know, stealing cars and fixing them up, or you want to start a business. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how you get your kind of your feet off the ground, mm-hmm. as opposed to just robbing liquor stores to get money. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, they have this thing where like, you can steal cars, but you can't keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, there's like really nice cars, but you can't, yeah. you, like, once you steal it, it's like you drive it until you leave the, the server. Uh Um, or it explodes yeah Um, but they have like like they make the nice stuff really expensive um so it it, you can't just accrue money uh that easily yep um what i'm working on now is uh i have a business it sounds like i'm being like serious in real life yeah right um i have a business where i uh i collect weapons uh whether that be i buy them or i steal them Uh uh-huh it's very difficult to steal them. They're fully protected. Actually, uh, you can, like if you, there's a timer. I don't know how long it is. It might be like 10 or 15 minutes, but if you don't Mm -hmm. steal it within that timer, the mission ends and you Uh don't get access to them. Um,
0: And you have to like get away from the police in that amount of time and and your wanted status has to go away or?
1: uh, It's usually um, like the people that are hoarding the weapons. Gotcha. Uh, So they characterize that by like, they'll have like a a red circle that's hollow is -hmm. like a, not a policeman, but like an enemy. Yeah. Um, And then police are like a filled out red circle. Gotcha. Um, So they'll come with like, you know, these militias of like tanks and airplanes and stuff of trying to protect their, their weapons from you. And so I take those, if I'm successful, bring them back to the, my bunker. I have a bunker on the coast. Mm -hmm. Um. And I have this huge underground warehouse where I steal wow. my, my weapons and, uh, and then you have to let it like the stock go up. So you have to mm-hmm. continue to play while the stock of the weapons and the price goes up Yeah, and then you sell them, um, to another group of people uh-huh. and NPCs. And, uh, then you make, that's how you make your money. So I have that business. And then I have my car business mm-hmm. where I steal, they'll give me like a car to steal, which uh, is usually like, um, you know sports car or something like yeah this, right in, in a show or something like a car show mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of people surrounding it with guns and stuff yeah and you take them out and then steal the car and then they chase you back to your warehouse mm-hmm. um so i'll take those cars back rebuff them buff them up make them more valuable and then yeah ship, ship those off and that's kind of how i'm making money right now
0: um how is the um how was the terraforming process? Like, how did you build that underground? Is it something that you get into? Is it a thing? Is it like a set thing you can buy and you can locate it somewhere or how does that work?
1: Uh, there's location. There's so many, like it's, you, you have to buy them. So, um, okay. I guess from like the bottom, like the initial way to get money is like stealing and robbing and, uh, mm. doing like hit jobs and stuff. Yeah. But once you get enough money, um, you go on your, it's called the Securo server. And it's basically like this online dark web okay. and it allows you to buy all these crazy things. Um, yeah, and it gives you all these locations of bunkers, uh, vehicle warehouses, um, office buildings, mansions. Mm. It's basically just like a realty place server. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I picked like a cheap bunker. And then once you, the bunker is standard, uh, according to that location, but you can customize it. You can put a shooting range in there. Um, mm-hmm. You can upgrade the storage. Uh, you can change like the staff. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The custom is the customization. I mean, it's just, there's not many ways to describe it. I mean, it's over the top. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the most you could, you could imagine in a game. Um, and I think that's why, you know, that's why red dead online suffers is because they're spending so much time on uh, GTA five and, and you know why there's yeah. so many players out there. There's so much content to do. Um, And it's so much fun. And what's interesting is, you know, I've heard so many teases about GTA 6 and I I feel like that's a real problem for them because it will split the player base. And like, maybe, you know, for it to be bigger and better than GTA 5, I mean, that's just a, that's a monumental task um, to undertake and it's something they have to do. I mean, it's, it's the most successful gaming series of all time. So it's like, you have to create another one. So, um, you know, when is it coming out? I have no idea, but, um, it's been definitely teased and, um, you know, something along those lines, but I mean, are you, have you heard anything about GTA six? Are you interested in that? Or.
1: I think what they're doing and it's an, it's one of the longest surviving games, uh, that I've known in recent history, but, um, they just dropped a new heist. It's basically an Island, um, and i think they're just going to keep doing that like gotcha people love the game so much they'll they'll cry about it and they'll say yeah. we need a brand new game but um like where can they put it you know <laughs> they have everything in gta5 they have like the yeah. rural outskirts the the suburbs the city mm-hmm. um so i don't think there's anywhere else for them to go uh, yeah. and do So I think they're just going to keep dropping, you know, little updates and stuff like that uh, every Mm -hmm. couple of years or months just to keep people on their toes. Um, But as far as that, I think we'll see like more uh, spin-offs, like like a Red Dead or something, a completely different game that I got you is under the same scope, but not not called GTA.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, of course. So to um, step, to step back a little bit, um, you know, from specifics and details and games like that, um, I wanted to ask you, you know, generally, what, what do you get from playing video games? Like what, what is it about it? Is it, you know, is it an escape? Is it, um, is it something that is soothing? Is it something that, you know, and there's different games, right? Battle Royale is a lot different than jumping into GTA five, so, you know, I guess generally, what is the answer to that question for you? And then, you know, we can dive into specifics, but generally what, what is it, you know, that you get out of it?
1: Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's less about the competition and more about kind of the escape, mm-hmm. um, just kind of unwinding, um, like not to get in specifics, but regardless of what I'm playing, just kind of getting out of my head for a while. Um, yeah. And putting it into something that doesn't actually exist yeah. is really important to me, and kind of what uh, attracted me in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it as like a like I have to play this game a certain amount of time uh, every day, or you know, it's really random for me, especially yeah. now. Um, just usually, typically late at night, just before I go to sleep, um, mm-hmm. unwinding. But, yeah, you are right with the specifics of it. And the mood I have to be in to play a specific game is, yeah, is really uh, obvious and prevalent, um, mm-hmm. depending on how I'm feeling. It takes a lot for me to play like multiplayer cod now. Yeah, um, because I don't have that competitive edge right now, and it mm-hmm. fluctuates depending on the year or the month or whatever. Yeah, um, So right now, currently I'm in like a pretty, Casual GTA uh, mode where I'm not looking to talk to anyone. I don't yeah. join parties right now. Uh, I'm just playing by myself and kind of unwinding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other times where I'll get crazy on Rocket League, which we didn't talk <laughs> about, but yeah. Uh, and like, you know, throw my computer, my controller against the wall. And that's not even like a fun thing. That's like I'm angry. I'm actually angry yeah. and I need to stop playing. Yeah. But either way, it's, for me, it's purely just, uh, unwinding and kind of getting out of reality for
0: a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my, my last question is something I've asked plenty of people before, but, um, when, when do you talk about video games or when does it come up, um, in your life, you know, like, um, when is it a conversation you feel like you have with whoever, I mean, there's plenty of people you're playing with online, which obviously that's when you talk about gaming, but, you know, outside of it, do you talk about, you know, the uh, massive scope of GTA five or like what you can do in that game to anybody? Do you talk about, um, you know, Battle Royale games uh, casually to people? Like when do those conversations kind of happen for you, if they even do?
1: They don't really, now that I think about it. Um, I think there's like this general... Uh, assumption that like everybody that you associate yourself with does play games but Mm -hmm. they it's completely separate from like real life like if you were to go to the gym um you wouldn't be talking about video games but you would both assume that you were going to be on later tonight (laughs) um which is an interesting like a complex sort of thing you know is you can spend the day with someone completely doing something else like in school or working but you both agree that you'll be on later and you expect yeah. to see that person on um yeah. so I wouldn't say I really bring it up ever unless it's like a meme or like a something uh, like a uh like a reference to something then it's like oh we all know yeah what that is, um because we play video games but I don't I don't really talk about it outside of if mm-hmm. it's literally in front of me which is interesting
0: yeah and you know It's, it's so interesting and especially, and I knew this was gonna happen today with our episode, but I've learned so much about what you play and what you do. Like I had no idea you were involved in GTA um, and, you know, touching on skate and like talking about, you know, your, the GameCube and how you play video games was so different than how I play video games because I pretty much consistently have had a console my entire life. Um, And I would definitely have people over to play different games. Um, you know, but you were that person going to different consoles and you got to experience different consoles and kind of make your own decision um, on what you wanted to buy and what you wanted to invest in and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's so cool. And I love having these conversations. That's why I'm doing this podcast. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it, it's always, it's always interesting to hear if there's somebody out there that is, you know, discussing video games, maybe critically, maybe they're talking about, you know, how it made them feel or, Um, what it does for them. But um, yeah, most of the time it's like, I I'm, you know, looking on Instagram and I see a a funny video about call of duty or somebody playing call of duty or, you know, somebody playing Fortnite and them freaking out or whatever. And it's like, that's just a well known, very well known part of pop culture that everyone knows is out there, but people don't talk about it. Like they talk about, you know, when they just watch their most recent favorite show or their favorite Mm -hmm. movie or um, you know, what, what they're doing in their free time, whether it's a hobby or anything like that. Um, and I just find that fascinating. So that's why I typically ask that question.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. Um, maybe people are a little ashamed in a way. Mm-hmm. Not ashamed, but they feel embarrassed if they uh, are too delved into video games, especially mm-hmm. at older stage in life. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of frowned upon. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: And I've I, touched, i touched on that too. I, I've definitely talked about that because I feel that way. I mean, I'm not going right. to casually walk up to somebody and start talking to them about God of war and about Kratos' relationship with Atreus. Like mm-hmm. th- that's just going to freak somebody out. They're going to be like, who, who the heck is this guy? Like, what is yeah. this problem? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I totally feel that way.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I, like I said in the beginning, I think it's super awesome that you're, uh, taking the time to learn about other people's, uh, preferences in, in games and stuff. And I think it's a testimony to, uh, pretty much everyone has played at some point in their lives, um, Mm -hmm. whether they're consistent or not. Um, we kind of just assume that people play video games, but we don't know what their specifics are. So I think it's really cool that you, you dive into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so I think on that note, we'll, uh, We'll call it a day on the podcast, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know, you know, it was kind of crazy trying to get together just with everything that's going on in the world today, but um, we did it. I'm super stoked that we did it. Um, and I can't wait for people to be listening to this episode. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm just really appreciative that you took the time. So um, you'll definitely be back on because I feel like there's just more content out there to talk about. Um, and I will definitely be uh, getting you Wally and Jack together and maybe oh, show as well. Um, just to hear how that all goes, but, um, no, dude, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I can't wait to be back on again and, uh, lots more to talk about at some point in the future. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, of course. The last thing I'm going to say is again, uh, go watch this guy on YouTube, go check out his stuff, Matt case. Um, he is hilarious. He's doing some really cool stuff and I know it's only going to get better, um, with what he's doing with his, uh, comedy show. So, um, go check this guy out. Thanks,
1: man. Yeah. Appreciate it.
0: All right, man. We'll see ya. Peace.
1: Yay!